Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to 3C Amplified. I'm your host, Jacqueline Destremps, and twice a month I'm here to highlight the businesses, nonprofits, and individuals collaborating to amplify their impact in the community. This series is sponsored by Another Hand Advantage, where I create marketing strategies for community-minded small businesses and nonprofits and take the overwhelm out of bringing awareness to your brand. Today, I am excited to have in the studio here with me today, Debbie Bertolet, owner of Organized Inside and Out, and Katie Thomas, owner of Diamond J Accounting. Hello, ladies. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for um, coming in today. Like I said, I'm really excited to have these two joining me today. It's kind of strange some ways that shows come together. It just so happened that I was met with uh, Debbie. What would, well, actually, that was a couple months back mm-hmm. now. She and I had met for coffee. Um, and after we left, I thought, well, duh, I need to have <laughs> Debbie on. And then the same thing kind of happened. Katie and I met um, just a couple weeks back um, for lunch. And afterwards, I went, duh, I need to have Katie on. And then I thought, wait. Those two kind of go together. So <laughs> so I'm so glad it worked out that you could both be here in the studios with me today. Um, to get started, um, we'll just do some quick introductions. So Debbie, why don't you tell us um, a little bit about yourself and Organized Inside and Out? Okay. I am a professional organizer now, retired high school teacher, and I've had my company Organized Inside and Out for five years, and I do residential home organizing with people, as well as landscaping. And uh, I also help a lot of seniors downsize, right size, and move. And I love that, Mm -hmm. even though I haven't moved in 26 years. (laughs) I just tell everybody else how to do it. (laughs) You just tell everyone else how to do it. Great. And Katie? I'm a CPA here in the Phoenix area. My practice specializes in working with nonprofits. And I think we came up with the term heart-centered individuals or businesses. Mm -hmm. I was really struggling with that. So thank you. Um, But kind of helping them make sure that they're in compliance, that they have good accounting processes, because I know... Businesses that thrive are those that have good financial data that's accurate and up to date on the regular instead of waiting till the very end of the year. Right, right. And on that note, I'll say too, um, and we'll get into this in a little bit when we start talking a little bit about tax credits and things like that is a lot of times people will ask me who to donate to. And I say, I can't really make that decision for you. But some of the things I can tell you when you're looking for a nonprofit is look at their financials. You don't need to be an accountant to look at the forms, but definitely look at and see, are they up to date and what kind of information are they sharing? It doesn't take... You know, it doesn't take a, a math degree or an accounting degree to to look at those numbers, but it is it is really important for that transparency when people are choosing a nonprofit to give to. Totally, and all of that's available online through GuideStar. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them also publish it to their website as well, and that's something that I think a lot of people don't realize is that nonprofits not only are transparent because they want to, but they also are required to. And even if they don't want to be, they they get to be. So. Mm-hmm. All right. And like I said, we'll get into that a little bit here. One of the things I wanted to go back to, and because I know that when I was first introduced to professional organizing, one, I had no idea there was such a thing. (laughs) And two, when the person told me I'm a professional organizer, I said, you know, oh, that's 
you know, that's, that's cute. Nice. You, you put things away, you know? And then it wasn't until I kind of got pulled into the fold of that to really understand exactly what that is. And then, you know, stepping on that even a little bit more, um, Debbie, I'm sure you'll go into some of the specialties that get into it. But so what is a professional organizer really? And why is it an important distinction then, I guess, then that you are working with someone that is a professional organizer? I think um, because it, it's important because professional organizers are trained in in how to work with people, how to set up systems. It's not just, oh, let's make that closet pretty. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us have taken a lot of training through either NAPO, National Association of Professional Organizers, or ICD, Institute for Challenging Disorganization. And people are like, what are those? Well, those are, this is a new industry. And so those are two professional organizations that offer us a lot of training and how to work with people. And so I think it can take some, some people skills, not just space planning skills. Mm-hmm. But like you said, we all have different specialties. Right. I come into it from a psych background. So I specialize in people with chronic disorganization. So everybody has their own, own stick in, in, in professional organizing. Mm-hmm. And I saw Katie's eyes light up when you mentioned <laughs> systems. <laughs> right. Because we, you know, like, we were, when we met a few weeks ago for lunch, we were just talking about how important it was within our, you know, within our businesses to have systems. And, you know, like you were just pointing out there, it's when you, when you know those systems and you know a little bit about how and not every different system is going to work for each person. No, it's, it's a very individual mm-hmm. thing. And I think the key is teaching, you know, the person is involved with reorganizing whatever it is, their paperwork, their kitchen, the whole home, whatever it is. But then it has to be maintained. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, a year later, they're calling me right. back. And right. I don't, I only want them to call me back to, you know, say something fun. So, <laughs> so no, but it's mm-hmm. learning. Okay, you, you know, where's your drop zone for the mail? How do you process your bills? What do you do with all the lunch boxes? So mm-hmm. it's really having, you know, that organizational system in the home, to to make it make sense and kind of on a rolling basis. Mm-hmm. And then you had mentioned too then, so a little bit um, as far as your specialty, helping seniors who are mm-hmm. downsizing and moving, but you also mm-hmm. mentioned, um, is it chronic, chronic disorganization? What is that? So we can get disorganized if we're not an organized. Okay, starting over. <laughs> Situational <laughs> disorganization is because something happened. Mm-hmm. Your parents died and you got all the stuff from their house. It's all in your garage and it's a mess. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's because of a situation. Your divorce, a move, those are logical. And a lot of times people can use help with that, but they don't have to get help with that. Chronic disorganization, yeah, it's been happening your whole life. Mm -hmm. You've always sort of had (laughs) trouble keeping it together. And that can be because of you know, different psychological issues. It can be ADD, depression. I deal with hoarding behavior. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a lot of different things. And it's kind of more of a struggle for people. And sometimes it doesn't make sense to other people. Well, why can't they just clean that up? Well, because they have some, some you know, a lot of um, times it's just um, neurological issues that keep them. Right. From, Emotional from, baggage. Well, sometimes that too. Right now, no, no. But you know, it's just learning how uh, what to do and doing a little bit at a time. Right, right. And I guess one of the things that um, really kind of struck out to me, yeah, stuck out to me, I guess, is having that attachment to things. Like sometimes you don't want to get rid of something because you either think. I'm going to need that again sometime at some point, or again, there is that side of emotional attachment to it. So I guess what, I guess where I'm kind of getting at with that is a lot of times it's helpful to know that, okay, 
I really like this thing, but it's just not serving me anymore. But I can do something with it that might help somebody else. So that's one of the things I really liked. Um, Debbie and I have worked together before Mm -hmm. on putting together a list of different nonprofits here that can accept some of those donations. And not all of them are going to accept everything. But at least you know you know sometimes there is somebody out there. And I'm assuming you probably work with a lot of people who are like, okay, I'm finally at the point where I can get rid of this, but where's it going to go when I do? Right. right. <laughs> so can I back up a minute yeah. about attachment? Because right. I think that's the main thing that kind of ties into what we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. with those donations. But... Um, People really do hold on to things. Mm-hmm. And and the three main areas are sentimental. It you know, it means something to them emotional, like you said, or instrumental. Oh, this is this is functioning. I, I could use this for something. You know, I might need it someday. Or it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, I just like it. I think it's good looking. But then they have too much of all of that. <laughs> and so I think what I try to stress is self-respect. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're drowning in all of these things, that's not respecting yourself in your own space. Um, I also think people don't don't want to deal with it because they're, they want to do it perfectly. Well, you can't deal with it perfectly. Mm-hmm. So you just have to start little bit by little bit. I mean, boxes of pictures, cards. You know, if you don't remember who the guy or girl was that <laughs> sent you the love note, it's okay to put it in the trash because, you know, you don't need to keep that. Um, and so figuring out where it can go, you can sell it, you can recycle it, you can put it in the trash, and then you can give it to donation sites. Mm-hmm. And that's why I work really hard with people on really good places. Like if if um, a dad has passed away and we have a closet full of men's clothes, I take that to the East Valley Men's Center mm-hmm. because, you know, they really need it. And that helps people let go. Like, okay, they might keep, you know, dad's favorite sweater, but they can let go of the rest. Mm-hmm. So I think it's finding a good home for things really helps people let go. Mm-hmm. And I can give some suggestions later of, of some key places, yeah. but I think it does help. Well, and that's a question I get. I see a lot, maybe not necessarily personally, but where else can I give besides XYZ? Because everyone knows about the big one, but, mm-hmm. but they don't realize that there are hundreds of organizations that do. They need just that. That men's suit would be mm-hmm. perfect for this organization that collects men's suits to help these um, these guys that are trying to get a job. Right. Um, it's not just that they turn around and sell it. They're not out to make a profit. Um, but there's a lot of amazing organizations available to take donations if you're strategic about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I imagine you probably, Katie, run into maybe even businesses that have business equipment or, you know, something to give. How does that impact them as a business? Is it different as a business if you donate, say, office goods where um, rather than if it as personally... You know, yeah, from a tax perspective, I guess. Yeah, I, ultimately, it depends on the tax structure of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of businesses are small businesses and tend to be taxed as sole proprietors or a flow through, which means everything gets taxed as if they it was the person that themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's very different than say like a, a big corporation like Intel and that kind of stuff. Um, so it kind of depends on. That so there's uh, I'm an I'm an accountant so my favorite answer is it depends yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the point is is it can be done and there I, are you know absolutely ways and I know I've had quite a few nonprofits in here in the studio over this past year um, you know who we've talked either on air or even off air about oh gosh I really you know we need thirty keyboards you know and I'm thinking oh my gosh how many businesses out there probably have one of those closets right where you like look inside and it's just filled with old keyboards because 
again, people don't want to just throw the keyboards in the trash, but then they're thinking, but where, mm-hmm. what am I going to do with all these keyboards, yep. you know, or it gets assigned to one person who assigns it to the other who signs it. And then next thing well, you know, the nonprofits um, collaborate with each other mm-hmm. because if they get things that they can't use, then they give it to another one. Mm-hmm. And and so it's interesting. There's a whole background world to that of them giving things to each other. Right. And what I love is like a piece of clothing. If you give a piece of clothing, maybe they can sell it or it's not up to their standards because there is a pecking order right. of, of these places. They might give it to another nonprofit or it's torn and it's no good. They may then send it to a, a foreign country mm-hmm. or it's really no good and they'll... um they'll bulk it out for fabric and make pennies on the pound. Right. So it's really cool. So, you know, you can throw all that fabric and those clothes in a bag and they're going to sort that out and get it to all those different organizations. So it's really kind of cool. They all work together. Right. Yeah. In fact, my husband was actually just telling me the other day, I finally got some new workout shoes. I haven't in several years. I'm the type (laughs) of person, like, especially when it comes to clothing, I'm wearing that stuff until it's like <laughs> like not appropriate to wear anymore because it's, you know, there's holes in it or whatever. But anyway, I told him, I'm like, look, I got a new pair of sneakers. And he's thinking, oh, thank God I can finally get rid of those other ones because he's the organizer person in our household. Um, but it just so happens that his work, they're actually doing a um, shoe drive where the shoes that are, are good enough, they're going to give away to different um, nonprofits that can use them if they're still, you know, good shoes. My shoes, unfortunately, will not be put into that pile, but they'll be re, uh, I don't know, taken apart and used for, I don't know, streets or something. I they don't do. Know what they, they make basketball old. courts. Yeah, basketball they, courts they and do such. different so, things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting to um, when you look at it that that way. Um, again, stressing though, the important part is don't just think, oh, this place is going to take my old gross shoes and that's what they're going to do with it. Yeah, that's why you really need to to take a look and see is, you know, can they actually use this? Because in the long run, if you're giving something that that nonprofit doesn't need or can't use, there's work that goes into them then trying to find out what mm-hmm. to do with it. Yeah. So there's yeah. nothing worse than talking to these nonprofits that take those donations and to hear the amount of time that they're sifting out literally trash. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so don't just throw everything, you know, right. definitely be strategic. But, or paying mm-hmm. money to store yeah, different things. Yeah. So, so, but do a little research. And if you have, have any questions, certainly reach out to the organization. They'll tell you what they can and can't take. And then if there's something they can't take, but they know someone else who can, they will absolutely make those connections for you. Right. So, Debbie, what are some of maybe your favorite organizations for maybe some of like the trickier the things? The tricky stuff. Yeah. Souls for Souls is is one of the oh, shoe okay. ones. Um, and that that's on my website mm-hmm. list. Um, I love Treasures for Teachers as a retired teacher in Tempe, and they take all kinds of things that would be K-12 in a school from books and art supplies, math manipulatives to office supplies, filing cabinets and desks. But they also have a little boutique now. So they take, you know, all those cute little antiques and fun things and jewelry. So that's kind of one stop. One time I went in and I was supposed to go to three different places and and the woman in receiving said, oh, no, we want that. Oh, yeah, we'll take that. Oh, and we'll take that too. So that was great for me. I also, um, White Dove is the, there's three of their thrift shops for Hospice of the Valley, which I think is nice. I do, um, I do a lot of computer stuff with Strut mm. and that's on the, and I love that because they take the electronics and they, they, uh, reformat, rebuild and give them to nonprofits and people in need or they recycle it. Mm-hmm. Now they did just start charging a fee for the, what are those screens called that, 
that they have to pay to oh yeah undo. yeah yeah and so you can't sneak that in there anymore right. they do charge but so does the dump you mm-hmm. know I mean I'm the queen of the SRP landfill so <laughs> um, I think those are nice mm-hmm. and um, what other ones do I am I always talking about yeah I think that's probably some of the main ones I know that like you said with uh, with AZ Strut especially for businesses if they do have you know computer monitors or things like that that they um, they you know want to to give away or don't know what to do with. I know that um, AZ Strut calling them up would help them out with, yeah, sure, we'll take it and it's worth it for us to have it or if it's not. So one way I help people let go is people have different passions Mm because I always say, what are your favorite charities? And, and, And I'll go that direction, you know, and with goodwill, people love it, people hate it. Okay, you know, so there's always, there are always choices. But one example is if people um, love animals, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of charities that are good for animals. So there's the different nonprofit shelters, and then there's other places that can, you know, that give people that can't afford it dog food. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have a pile of towels and blankets give them to a shelter. Right. I mean, you don't have to give them to the Goodwill on the corner so you can go, but I love dogs and I'll have people, you know, t- take that pile and put it in the car. And here's one of my little hints. You don't have to drive around with it in your car for a year before you <laughs> actually stop and give it away. You could put it in the car and take it right now. But I think that's, you know, think of a theme, you yeah. know, or you, you know, or you love children, then find those charities where either the proceeds or the goodies are going to end up with the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And Katie, I know that you, um, we actually we were talking just a few weeks back also about the different types of tax credits and such. So a little bit about what I wanted to talk about today too was, <laughs> so for those people who um, it is coming up on the end of the year, there's a lot of talk around giving. We just had Giving Tuesday a while uh, back. Um, people just around the holidays are in that kind of giving spirit. Yep. Um, Debbie will probably be hit up in January with people <laughs> whose New Year's resolution it is to Get clean out stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But people who are wanting to um, give back monetarily sure. and they're looking at the different types of tax credits because it is a little unique here in Arizona. It is. And I actually was surprised. I was I just was under the assumption this happened everywhere kind of thing and was talking to somebody about it. And they said, what are you talking about? No, they don't give you <laughs> money back against... I'm like, yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. So there are other states that have these tax credits, Mm -hmm. but Arizona um, has been kind of unique, especially... This was funny. I was was doing a little research. These tax credits that we're going to talk about, these charitable contribution tax credits, they were really unaffected by the economy. Mm -hmm. They didn't see them go down when the economy did because they're so powerful. So even if people aren't looking to be charitable, (laughs) it would be beholden upon them to do this. Because in the way that I explain this is these tax credits are essentially a person's way of telling the government how they want their tax dollars spent. Right. If you just give the if you just pay your taxes then the government gets to decide how to spend it. But if if you take advantage of these tax credits, you are literally telling the government I want this money to go to this cause. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's an amazing amazing opportunity and it's it's a dollar for dollar tax credit, which I I know that I was mentioning this is my big thing. Most people think about giving money to a charity and they get a deduction and they don't understand there's a difference between a deduction and a credit. 
So the deduction reduces your overall taxable income, which is then taxed. So roughly 25% of every dollar you give would be deductible. Um, But a tax credit actually comes back to you and it says, okay, you owe $1,000. This credit is for $200 because you gave $200. So you now don't have to pay that, which is like unheard of. Like, Mm -hmm. what are the... Think about it. The government's like telling you. (laughs) Get all your money back. Yeah, or or the government's like, yeah, sure, we'll do what you tell us to it with no questions asked. Um, One limit is you do have to make sure that the organization qualifies. Right. And that's the one question I get all the time is, can I just, well, I already give to to XYZ organization. You do have to go and check to make sure that they qualify because there are two types of organizations that are qualifying. Those that, it used to be called the working poor tax credit kind of did away with that because it, it isn't just for the working poor. There's certain criteria. Right. And then they also have one that supports the foster care mm-hmm. system. But if, if you're married filing jointly, it's up to $1,800 of tax credit. Wow. So as long as you owe that much or more in state taxes, you literally get to tell the government how to spend all of that. Right. So that's wow. huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also still counts as a deduction on your federal tax credit right. on your tax side. Right. So you're still getting the best of both worlds, but it's even sweeter here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, definitely. And that is one thing to point out because um, there was actually a couple of years there where I don't, we were doing our taxes and the our donations under federal, oh yeah, here they are, da-da-da-da. But when you're doing your state, you have to specifically go in and say, yep. These are special forms special, to file. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, make sure you do that. But yeah, it is great. And it's, you know, it's great for the nonprofits, you know, this time of year as well. And you have up until... Technically, you have technically until, until April right. to do this. But the, it kind of gets complicated yeah. because then it messes with your federal taxes because yeah. federal won't take it until next year. Mm-hmm. So we love to encourage mm-hmm. people to get it done by December 31st. It also helps with those that are those nonprofit orgs that have a 1231 year end. Yes meet their fundraising goals and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, but yes, you do have until April. Right. So. And I don't obviously know the website off the top of my head. And I know it's it's some digging to get around to it, but we'll make sure that we put it when we uh, post this um, as a podcast, we'll make sure we get that link in yep. there. But it's super simple to go in and yep. check which nonprofits okay. are um, qualified. The state has one and you can just Google it. It's qualifying contribution. Qualifying a charitable contribution credit. You can Google all of that. Or mm-hmm. I actually have a simplified link. Oh, okay. So it's aztaxcreditfunds.com. Oh, perfect. Slash Diamond J Accounting. Oh, perfect. So yeah. That's great. And it's got all of the details and you can, that one's pretty cool because it actually has a little bit of information about the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to tell you which one to give to, but the state one, you literally just get a name. This one kind of tells you a little bit about what the organization does and how they're spending that money. So if you don't know anything about them, but you're like, well, I want, I want to, I don't want to give the government more than I have to. Right. Um, you can kind of have a little bit of an educated investment. Right. Cool. Yeah. Definitely. And then there's a the school tax credit also, right? Yep. There's several school tax credits. Um, there's private school tax credits. Those are very different, um, different criteria and that kind of stuff. But yeah, there's but also- the ECA. I know when I was teaching, we always were, yep. you know, you gave that yep. to the schools for the extracurricular activities. Yep. And yeah. that's a, a great one. And, and, you know, it's funny. A lot of people think that they have to give um, to their friend's kid and their friend has to give to their kid. And that's not the case. Like you can actually designate it for your own child for those extracurricular activities. Mm -hmm. So 
Oh, definitely. So, yeah. Or even for those people who live in a uh, district where maybe they, their kids are grown and out, and but they yep. still want to support the schools, they yep. can definitely sure. do that. You don't necessarily have to yep. wait and find. Like, <laughs> and you can do that and the other one, right? Uh, you can do all of them. Yeah. Every last one of them, mm-hmm. including the private school tuition one. And I know that I, I, I mentioned this and people always just really bristle because they're thinking that uh, I'm not giving no rich kids my money. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of um, schools that are specialized. Um, one that I love to bring up is there's actually a school for deaf, um, a preschool for deaf children. Mm-hmm. And it's not state sponsored. So those kids either have to pay for it or they have to get a scholarship. So you can actually give to an organization that provides scholarship for those kids to go to that kind of a school. So lots of opportunities, lots of great ways to reduce your tax liability mm-hmm. um, and and to be making an impact. Like that was the big thing is, you know, not only does it feel good to not have to pay more to the government than you have to, I know a lot of people, um, but that they can sit there and say, I actually made a difference with this money. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm helping people who wouldn't otherwise have access to these services. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. And like I said, this time of year, a lot of times people are just looking for ways that, um, you know, maybe they can purchase, you know, gifts for kids or looking at um, equipment, you know, giving back like equipment and things like that. Um, but yeah, definitely look at the those organizations that you're, that you're giving to and see if they are, you know, a qualifying one and then you get... Yeah, that credit. And it, two two points of interest. One is uh, we were talking before the show. It does have to be cash. Mm-hmm. So non-cash donations don't count for the tax credit. Right. And my other point of caveat is if you're donating to a an organization, you want to make sure that they are a 501c3. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to someone and they had donated to what they thought was an organization, but it was not. And right. so they were like, well, what happens now? And I'm like, well, you kind of essentially just gave your friend that money instead of giving it <laughs> right, to. Right. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times though too, sometimes organizations are put together and they do they may have filed for their 501c3 mm. and just not received it yet. It doesn't necessarily mean they're yep. trying to con you or anything. No. It just means that they don't yep. have that status yet. Yep. So unfortunately you won't get the tax benefits of donating to them, but hopefully at some point they'll soon they'll get that 501c3 and um and then they will be uh, it will be tax deductible. So so going back to, because obviously, so we were talking a little bit about the tax credits um, and you were saying, obviously, they do have, it has to be cash to qualify for that. But for those people who do have things yeah. like gifts and things that they're giving away, what types of things should they um, be making a note of so that when they go to do their taxes or hand that over to their accountant, um, they don't just say, you know, a couch, you know, yep. or a bag of towels? Yep. Like what kind of information do they need to make sure that they're keeping notes on for so- that? An organization that you give to is not going to give you a receipt. Oh, this this couch that you gave me was valued at X Y at X amount. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually not allowed to. So people who are, I've had people go off on organizations. Oh, they wouldn't tell me. No, they're not allowed to. It's not that they're being difficult. Um, but they they will give you a receipt. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, if it's under two hundred and fifty dollars, they're they're not legally required to. But any good organization's going to. Right. And then you put a value on it based on the fair market value on the day you donated it. Right. So just because you donate the $100 refrigerator Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it is worth $100 when you donate it. Right. It has to be what it's worth right then. Um, so you want to keep a, a donate a log of what you donated. Um, you can be kind of general. So, you know, household goods. If you're giving bigger items, you definitely want to list out, you know, the refrigerator, that kind of thing. Um, and then if you're giving shirts and clothes and that kind of stuff, that kind of thing. 
if it's used. Um, the other thing, and we were just talking about this, and it's kind of come out in the accounting community that the IRS is no longer just accepting paper receipts mm. um, because they're saying, well, how do I know that, that what you gave was actually valid? So they right. want to see pictures. Um, so just take it, take your cell phone camera, snap a quick pic of the, you know, the trunk full of stuff so they right. can kind of see what you're giving that it's not that you're not just throwing a, b- a bag full of trash and calling it a $40 donation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my um, gosh. I've had 20 black bags in the back of my trailer <laughs> going to donation. I'm like, it looked like trash. Bring a picture of that. I, I have done that drop off and you're like, I swear it's good stuff. <laughs> Just because of these bags. One thing I found interesting going back to the valuation of it is um, a few weeks back, I dropped off some um, food uh, canned goods and things like that for the Tempe um, food pantry. And they gave me, you know, I said, oh, can I get a receipt? And they gave it to me. And he said, oh, just FYI, if you want to come up with an idea of how much that was. And it's actually when you're donating canned goods and, and food, it's by the pound. Yep. Oh, and interesting. So I, of course, now at this point, I don't remember what he told me that <laughs> right. was, but it was, you know, like 25 cents a pound or, yep. or something to that effect. So I found that was really interesting. Same things with, with bags, of, bags of clothes. They actually oh, okay. value it by the pound kind oh, of thing. Oh, okay. Um, in, in terms of the organization. Right. And, and that's something that, that you can also do a quick Google search for, and that'll tell you how much those are and that kind of thing. So, I mean, unless you're donating top name brand that you know that they're going to be able to resell for a premium. Right. Um, generally, the the... Target t-shirt that no longer fits isn't going to be worth terribly much. (laughs) Right. Yeah, definitely. So Debbie, is that something then when you're talking with clients about at what point do you approach getting rid of things rather than putting them away in a different or coming up with a system? I mean, I I guess that I guess it depends on the person, but. Well, because we I mean, the system we use is just to take an area and then we put all like things together. Mm-hmm. And because and, people are used to, they, everybody knows you make a, a donate and a recycle and a trash and a giveaway pile. But I think really to first go through and get all of your utensils, mm-hmm. get all of a category, and then you realize, oh, I really have a lot of these. <laughs> I really don't, I don't know that I can use, you know, 14 black sweater sets. Yeah. So that's part of that process. But then I think people need to see what they want to keep. And I always say, what do you use and what do you love? Mm -hmm. And what do you not feel guilty about? Because just kind of backing up for a second, people feel so guilty about things they were given. Right. You know, oh, it was a gift. I have to keep it. Yeah. And they're never going to wear it or use it or hang it on the wall, right. but they have to keep it because it was a gift. Oh, yeah. Or I spent a lot of money on this, so I should keep it. Or this was such a good deal, so yep. I should keep it. <laughs> so, you know, we have all these rules that we give ourselves. And so part of it is, you know, is just looking at something. Do you love it? Do you use it? Okay. And if not, can we get rid of it in, in one of these other ways? So... Can I go back to the, this paper theme? Of course. Because, you know, encouraging people to donate because it's deductible. You know, for some people that's relevant. For some, you know, some people it helps. Some people don't do taxes, so they just want to be kind. But one thing professional organizers do is we do deal with a lot of paper. Because mm-hmm. one of the <laughs> biggest issues we see, yep. and I, I want you to comment on this too, mm-hmm. is people are so afraid of getting rid of paper that their houses are buried in paper. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, it's... it's Old credit card statements and old... Everything. Faded receipts that you can't even really read anymore, but you're like, I'm pretty sure I need to hold on to this. Right, and so really (laughs) helping people sort through papers Mm -hmm. and having 
Oh, I can't. What are the guidelines? Retention guidelines. Mm-hmm. You know, how long do you need to keep things, you know, for your taxes or, or for, you know, whatever legal purposes? Mm-hmm. And then what can you, what can you let go of? And then really organizing that. And so, I mean, I was surprised when I started this job. People, you know, I would help them with the kitchen and the garage. And then they'd say, Oh, it's taxes next month. Will you help me? You know, and then out comes the black, you know, <laughs> bag of, you know, pour it on the table <laughs> of all the pieces of paper. And we so. Call them- Shoebox. Oh, the shoebox people? Yes, because they usually bring us their receipts and shoebox. <laughs> right. And but what was interesting is is some people like I had a woman and young couple and the husband had died and he'd handled the finances. So we set it up. And then the next year I helped her. And then the next year I helped her less. And now she's on her own. Mm -hmm. So we set up a system. You know, this is where donation receipts go, medical receipts. We set it up. So I'm not a CPA. I always say, I don't know all the rules, but I can at least help you organize the paperwork. So when you go in to do your, you know, taxes Mm -hmm. that you don't have, you aren't, they're not calling you a shoebox person behind, right. behind the door. <laughs> oh no, we'll yeah. pull it to your face sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But you know, people really knowing what they, people get so paranoid that yeah. they, that they keep everything. And, and they, so I don't know if you want to address that because that would help me. Yeah. So it's funny. I, I find this with working with business clients too. You know, a lot of people, they, they use the word tax time. Like it's, uh, you know, like, a horrible medical procedure. (laughs) I love it. Anxiety inducing. It is. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be that way. If you have a good system, Mm -hmm. like that's, I, I, that's really what drove me into my business. And I'm like, you know, if, if you can have a good system, it makes life easier. And and yes, I work primarily with businesses, but you know, I have seen that it, it, it does apply to your regular life as well, Mm because you still have to pay taxes. So yes, having a good system not only makes it easier, but also probably allows you to take um, advantage of more opportunities to reduce that tax liability. You know, you're not going to forget those extra receipts. And then, yes, it is having that document retention policy, which Mm -hmm. is based off of the statute of limitations. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a, a good business has one consider running your house like a business. You know, we joke that stay at home moms are essentially the CEOs of the home. Sure. They should be running their their home kind of like a business, you know, mm-hmm. have that retention policy and know what that is and then have that set date to be like, okay, I've passed that. Let's, here's the box for that year. Throw it away. Well, maybe not throw it away. We should right. shred it. <laughs> shred <but> it. <laughs> get it out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, going back to when we were talking back in the beginning about those systems and taking some of the anxiety out of... Yes. Any of these situations, whether it's personal or business, it's financial related or with your belongings or whatever that may be, um, just having, you know, a system in place, setting up those habits, and then it doesn't so, you know, it doesn't produce so much anxiety when it comes around to that time. And it- it's funny because people, when we start, I'll say, well, where do you keep all of your um, appliance manuals? And they just stare at me. <laughs> But pretty soon, once we've worked through the house, it's always exciting when, you know, we, we come, okay, here's the, you know, toaster oven. Of, oh, I know where that goes. Yeah. Oh, here's, you know, a medical receipt. Oh, I know where that goes. Yeah. And so it really becomes much simpler mm-hmm. once you just know where everything goes and then you take the couple seconds to put it away. Cause I, I started this revolutionary thing. I figured, yeah, right. There's no <laughs> new ideas, but I've never heard it anywhere else. Was I thought, you know, we always go, I'll put that away later. 
But if you think if you pick something up and you and you take it to where it's going to go and you go one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, it's away. Mm-hmm. And one lady goes, oh, my gosh, I started counting my one, one thousand, two, one thousand. And it was amazing. So <laughs> just put it away. Take that one, you know, that split second right. to put it in the folder, put it in the drawer, put it in that file. And it's much easier later. <laughs> you know. I'm laughing because I'm like, oh, I hope today's the day that Tom's not listening to the show. That's my husband. <laughs> like I said, he's the organizing. He's the, I mean, we get home from a vacation and he's already put, I'm like, okay, put let's catch away. up on what I missed on TV and put my stuff, you know, you know, he's putting stuff away. We do not have appliance manuals anywhere in the house. Oh, you know why? Because they're all scanned and they're all online. Yeah. <laughs> Although that's a, that's an interesting thing is the, the, the digital clutter that we're all starting yes. to accumulate. Yes. So I'm I'm curious to see how that ends up. I know, I know. That it does get there, but at least it's not taking up physical takes, space. But it takes up my it takes up mental space sometimes. I mean when you go on your computer and you're looking for a file and you think Yep. It was in this folder before. I swear it was. I was actually just doing that yesterday. I know it's here. I know it's in this file. Oh wait, no, that's in the that's in my OneDrive and not my document right. on my hard so drive. It's a whole other type of organizing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Yeah. On that note, what other types of, because like you said, you kind of specialize residential organizing and helping with seniors and and also people with the hoarding issues issues Uh and things like that. What other types of organizers are there out there? People that help with home businesses. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then out of the home businesses, people that do more um, space planning. So it's just kind of a variety. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a matter of kind of looking at what it is that you... What it is, you know, people come to it from decorating and they do that. They come from real estate, they do that. Mm -hmm. Financial planning, there are people that do help people in their home and we don't want to take money away, you know. So if I organize somebody taxes, I mean, I really should get less time, so. (laughs) No, no, we, tax preparers still have when they're not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. I was just thinking the look on her face when she when she said it wasn't just that she said the shoebox people, but the look when she had it. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure she'd be okay if at least the shoebox had maybe dividers in it. Right, <laughs> some sense of organization. Absolutely, that would make things huge because yeah. there is nothing worse than getting literally the shoebox done. And people specialize in in families. I mean, I haven't had kids, so I mean, I have I have done a room for a six year old, and the rule was, you know, when you go to bed, the Barbie car is parked, mm-hmm. but it's not my specialty. Right. And so, I mean, you just kind of, I think finding a professional organizer that's a good match is the key. Right. And I'm assuming the same then goes for accountant. Yeah. Finding an accountant as well. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, there's so many specializations. You know, I I was, I my background is audit and I didn't touch tax and everyone was like, oh, can you help me with my taxes? And I was like, dude, I... I pay someone to do my own taxes. No. <laughs> the other thing too, as I've learned is, is even within a business tax professional, um, it's knowing your individual industry, mm-hmm. especially with the, the rise of the online stuff and the creatives and the bloggers. And there's a lot of, I'll call them old school, not that they are old, just that they haven't kept up. And they're like, well, no, that's not a business deduction. I was talking with a blogger and she was trying to deduct ingredient expenses because she writes about food and her tax professional was like, no, you can't deduct those kinds of things. And she's like, well, I wasn't doing it for my personal, like this was for work. Right. Um, so she's, it's just, 
been very interesting to see the evolution of that. But yes, find someone who matches with you. And sometimes it's personality too. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Just because just I specialize in your area doesn't mean that you and I are going to be a good fit. And that's mm-hmm. the beauty is, is accounting's The rules are the rules. It's just who you um, like working with and who you are a good fit with. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I it is um, same with you, Debbie. It's one of those kind of, uh, I don't know, personal subjects. It's like you're inviting right. somebody into your home oh, to go through right. your stuff. You're inviting somebody into your finances to go through your stuff. Yep. I mean, you really got to find you know, somebody. That is that. really true. I mean, we we know a lot of secrets. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, we have a strict code of ethics, you know, mm-hmm. that I don't tell your secrets and what, you know, what's in your bottom drawers. And, and I'm sure you do too. And because people are very nervous right. and very self-conscious, you know, and then we become everybody's best friend because we, we know all the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to go because we did touch a little bit on um, businesses and giving, you know, businesses, obviously, you know, that donate money. um, That's, you know, that's an easy one. And do businesses that say, you know, uh, you know, give up some office equipment or something and donate that. What about businesses that do um, offer like their services, donate their (laughs) services to nonprofits? Because that's always one of those kind of, yeah, does that? No, factor in, yeah, it doesn't impact their taxes right. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the IRS has not found, even if it's attorney, you know, a lot of people know that it has to be certain criteria, but even uh, attorneys doing pro bono work mm-hmm. can't deduct that. Right. Um, so, blanket. what about on the nonprofit side of things, though? Like, if a non should a nonprofit be keeping track yes. of, yes, a hundred percent, yeah. Regardless. So there's very specific rules on a nonprofit of what you do, including your financial statements and what you don't in terms of donated services. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you don't meet those requirements, you should still be tracking it because everybody wants to know how many volunteer hours you are right. getting. Um, that's a great thing to highlight in your 990. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, well, nobody cares. I'm like, are you kidding me? You got over 14,000 hours. Like, yeah, I'd be screaming mm-hmm. that from the rooftop because right. that's showing that people not only believe in your mission and give you money, but they believe in your mission enough to give their time. And sometimes that's worth even more than money. Right. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So definitely worth doing. And and it really does. There have been a lot of studies and even Starbucks has started to recognize this, the value of connecting the business with the um, the nonprofits, the the more vibrant our nonprofit community is, the better our business community is. So they they there's a lot of incentive to do it, even though there aren't tax incentives. Speaking of volunteer hours, I did want to bring up really quickly because Debbie, um, that's you know wasn't really in here, but Debbie is actually what is it over fifteen hundred hours now that you volunteered <laughs> Des- Desert Botanical Des- Garden. Desert Botanical Garden. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, we've been talking so much about the organizing portion of your business. <laughs> oh, that's but you okay. Do, that's why I'm here. Yeah, but you yeah. do do so much with um, landscaping as well, and and you know it ties in because I really do. I, I'm an indoor outdoor girl, mm-hmm. and. But people, a lot of times, if the house is messy, maybe the yard is messy too. And they don't have to get somebody else to come. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've taken loads and loads of trash away from a backyard or, you know, tear down all the weeds and the tumbleweeds because one of my clients was getting a dog. Mm -hmm. And so that was exciting. Then the the dog had a place to go. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I do that. And then little landscape refreshes and I have fun, you know, digging holes and pruning and (laughs) cactus and succulents. I don't do grass. I don't do mow and blow. Right. 
Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was fun. And when she was talking about volunteer hours, I was like, wait a minute. And the reason I know all these things is because I was not, like I said, you had it in your bio and everything before we did this, but I actually been working on Debbie's website. So I just yeah. happened to remember yeah. I was updating that part of your page. I'm like, oh yeah, I have I just updated that recently. <laughs> but that's, a, that's such an important thing. We, you know, Organizations should allow their employees empower, not just allow, empower their employees to go and make these connections. Mm-hmm. Because not only does it look good, you know, yeah, you can claim that your employees do- donate, but it also makes your employees better. They yeah. they they either learn new skills or they feel more fulfilled and are better at working and just more excited to be at work because their employers support their passions. Mm-hmm. So oh, definitely, or it's a great way to sometimes for people to even find. A new passion. Yeah. It, you know, gets them, <laughs> kind of gets them out from yeah. behind the desk and gets them to get out into their community and, um, and introduces them to new, you know, new nonprofits. I know there's a lot of people who've said that, you know, they never volunteered once until their business had like a team building day right. or something. And it involved volunteering. And the next thing you know, they said, I liked it so much. I just kept, kept I kept going. doing it, you know, <laughs> but, um, yeah, you're right. It is. It's such a great way for that business to, again, giving back. And it's giving back in a way that isn't necessarily something that you can, you're not writing a check or, you know, dropping off a, a list of items that they needed. Um, it's a way of giving back in a, a different way, a couple different, you know, a couple different ways. Absolutely. Even. Yeah. Yeah. I worked for a firm and, you know, they were very good about being generous with their their money. Um, and they, I, I specialized in nonprofits and we were sitting around and we started talking and we said, you know, we need to not only put our money where our mouth is, but our time where our mouth is. So they started a, a, a monthly opportunity for employees to participate. Um, and it was great too, because not only were we, you know, actually putting, standing behind what we claimed, but we were also, it was a great team building opportunity, you know, because you weren't necessarily working with the same three people that you usually do because it was open to everyone. So it was a great um it ha- there's just so many benefits and you know they've they've actually done studies that when you volunteer your endorphins go up and mm-hmm. i mean oh yeah those are the dumb things that that i geek out about but <laughs> <laughs> like they i can't i could go on so i'll stop no no <laughs> that's, that's not, no definitely um well i guess i shouldn't say no don't stop because we do <laughs> technically have to stop at some point here um but before we go last part of the show i just always like to kind of wrap things up with you talking a little bit about how if somebody um has listened to the show today and it says oh my gosh i need a debbie or i need a, a katie what you know, what can they do? But I also wanted to maybe um, in closing, let Debbie, we'll start with you. How do people get in touch with you if they want to hire you? But also maybe do you have like one or two tips that you could give over, you know, over all the years that you've been helping people do this? What are a couple of tips that maybe you can give people for getting started? <laughs> if they if they don't quite have, they're not quite in the place to have a professional organizer come out to their home, but what are maybe some things they can do on their own? Okay, cool. If you want to contact a professional organizer or me, I'm on the internet with Organized Inside and Out. I have a website and a Facebook page. Thanks to Jacqueline. Yes, yay. (laughs) And the way it works with me is we have a little phone conversation and then I do a free one-hour consultation in your home. That way we meet, I can see the situation, We and, you know, we can see if we're a good fit. Because mm-hmm. maybe you don't like me or I don't like you or, you know, I don't know. <laughs> and that's but, okay. Yeah. Like, people have a hard problem with 
I don't no. like her, but I've ha- I have to. But yeah. it's, you know, it, like we said, it's a very intimate thing. Yeah. And, you know, but once they let you in their home, usually it's okay. And I always say, don't clean for the cleaning lady. I've always seen, <laughs> yes. I've always seen worse. Yeah. You know, I've always seen worse. Everyone's, oh, it's going to be the worst you ever saw. No, no, the worst one burned down. So don't worry about that. <laughs> but we do that. And then the way I work is you can, can buy sort of a certain number of hours. Um, you can even do a starter set, but we just kind of work little by little. It's not like on the television show where, you know, we go in and everything's, you know, chaos and it's five, eight hour days and you have and they're to rolling up with the, the dumpster no, outside and, I've, and your, I've your stuff on, is being I've worked on the Hoarders out. TV show. Yeah. No, it's not like that at all. I mean, more I'll come, you know, a lot of people, if it's a big project, will just work half a day, you know, every Tuesday or every other Tuesday. And so, and we're working together. Mm-hmm. I'm the kind, I work with you. I'm not throwing your things away while you're watching TV. So, yeah. but that's just my style. Everyone has different style. But mm-hmm. um, I think, um, you know, it's paralysis by, na- by analysis. A lot of people don't get started because they, you know, they, they don't know how to get started. And so I think my main thing would be just start small. You know, if you're under the bathroom sink, you know, looking for something, just take it out, take it all out, sit on the floor, take it all out. You're going to see all those gross, you know, Q-tips, put them in the trash, get rid of the (laughs) band-aids that don't stick anymore, and then you put it back in. So a lot of times it's just you're in a drawer, you're in an area, you can't close the drawer, well, duh, take everything out. And once you sort it all, you'll see, oh, wait, this is all trash. I don't need this Mm -hmm. anymore. So I think just starting little by little and then getting help if you need it. Right. That's one of my key things. So. All right. And Katie, how about you to let people know how they can get in touch with you, how they get started working with you. And then maybe if you just have a couple of tips, you know, come and closing out the year. Sure. A couple of tax tips. Sure. So if you're looking for me, it's Diamond J Accounting. That's Insta, Facebook, and my website, diamondjaccounting.com. Um, in terms of uh, tips, tra- techniques, um, definitely take advantage of these tax credits. Like, I, I don't want to sound harsh, but you'd be a fool not to. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely get on there and get those taken care of. If you have any questions or just looking for some suggestions, certainly reach out. Um, but for me, um, tax time, the, the more that you can do, like we talked about already, just get those processes in place, try and get a head start. The faster you get it done, the faster you technically get your refund. If you're going to get a refund, don't wait till April 1st and be like, Oh, I just dragged my feet. Like, don't put it off. The faster you get it done, (laughs) the faster it is. And then let's work on getting those processes in place. So next year, it's literally like my favorite thing is I've, I've worked with clients and I've got them from the shoebox to literally next year. They're going to send me an email on January 1st or 2nd, if they're, you know, (laughs) if they enjoyed their 31st and be like, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, and we're gonna file their taxes as soon as they're ready, mm-hmm. um, as soon as we 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 can, because they didn't have to worry about it because they've spent ten minutes every month doing something instead of three hours right in April trying mm-hmm. to cram it all together. So just don't wait, get it done. And if you have questions about how to do it, reach out now because your accountant isn't swamped right now. Right. <laughs> don't reach out in April and expect us to drop everything and help you get organized. Right. So. 
Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much, well, thank ladies. You. Thank yeah, you. it was a great show today. Um, we're going to go ahead and close things out here. Uh, you've been listening to 3C Amplified, where we share how others are connecting, creating, and collaborating to amplify their impact. And we hope we've inspired you to do the same in your community. Until next time, which is actually going to be in 2019. This was Lucky Show number 13, closing oh. out the year 2018. I'm Jacqueline Destremps with Another Hand Advantage. Let me help create a marketing strategy to put your organization's mission in front of your target audience and highlight the impact you're having in your community. Thank you and happy holidays. Mm -hmm.